And it's all free. It's all free. It's all. It's an asset, not a liability, Joe Mehmet. Broadcasting from Essex, it's 22nd of January 2021, and you're listening to Salonomics. The Bitcoin price is currently $31,790. I'm your host, Aaron Dawn, and joining me once again from North London is my hair Jesus, Joe Mehmet. Hey, Joe. Hi, Aaron. You okay? I'm very well. Well, no, actually, I'm not okay. I'm grieving. I'm grieving today. Why? Because Joe Mehmet's LinkedIn has been <laughs> murdered. Oh, yeah. Explain yourself. How dare you write such oh evil words? How, I mean, how could you? You should be ashamed of yourself. You, you know what, right? It, it was yes, yesterday. Yeah? It, it, I didn't watch the inauguration at all, okay? I didn't watch... I haven't watched the news for three days, actually, so, like... My wife's obviously been with her parents um, and, and mothers. Anyway, sure. I've got I've got engaged on LinkedIn with this uh, inauguration. I got talking to this guy who's um, really having a gut Trump. Trump, okay. you know, so like he, he did nothing at all but just antagonize and um, he didn't look at the positives of Trump. You know, no yeah. wars, businesses, employment. There was nothing positive. And he just denied everything I was saying. Anyway. Got, got talking with him, you know, a friendly debate, and then I kind of sort of mentioned how the liberal elites, the, the global elitists, right, who go on their holidays, like to the Maldives, to St. Bart's, to Dubai, and then they go on their social media, like, look at me, I'm having a good time. I mean, how is that fair in a pandemic, right? Yeah. And, I think and that's, that's, a fairly, that's a fairly decent point to make, yeah. although you have tripped up, haven't you? And you are commenting about politics well, and so, it's such a kind of hot subject isn't it at the moment but, but yeah carry it, on but but the platform was it, the, the post it was about the inauguration of um, biden anyway sure. so i said to him how's it fair whereas the the, the common man like, like myself i can't even go to cyprus i said to him mm. and see, see my family and yeah. he says to me where about to cyprus you're from and i said um i'm from Karinga. And he says to me, that doesn't exist. I said, excuse me. He said, it, that's, it doesn't exist. It's not a recognised country. And it's giving me this sort of the bullshit about the United Nations and this and that. And we all know the United Nations is a corrupt organisation. And I started explaining to him that because it doesn't exist, doesn't mean it's not there. Sure. Okay. So I said to him, so do you, do you know that I that exist? He goes, well, you don't, you don't have a country, he says to me. Etc. Et You're stateless. Well, this is it. So it's kind of being very derogatory, very, very yeah. um, antagonistic. Oh, well, xenophobic as well, uh, right? Well, exactly. Uh, Anti-Semitic, whatever, right? He, he was actually denying the very existence of our person. Right? Yeah, of so your got, of your country, right? Right. Yeah, which is a Turkish yeah. Republic of Northern Cyprus. Uh, sure. So we go to this whole backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, and he yeah. just would have had nothing. So he starts. In being a denier, so I said, "Do you actually deny the fact that I exist?" And he goes, "No." You, then he goes into say, "You could coexist." Blah blah blah. I said, "No." Do you actually deny? You actually denying me that I, I don't have a country? And he says, "Yes." I said, "Then you're a racist." Uh, K U N T. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, don't be a denier. Um, yeah, I mean, I love the way that you you tried to disguise your expletive by yeah. spelling it incorrectly. Exactly. Um, and there was a capital K. Okay. Capital K. Yeah. It's right. probably so, the capital K that done it, mate. Probably. Yeah. You know, if you would have used a little K, uh, you would have got away with it. Anyway, I must admit, this there was this guy who was on the who was on the thing. Guess me. Joe, remember, ignore him. He's just an, an antagonist. That's, and I thought, yeah, you're right, mate. You know, I, I just sort of liked it. Yeah. Next minute, I can't access my account. Anyway, I must admit, prior to that point, I did get three notifications about violation of, of, uh, of terms. <laughs> <laughs> so the three, you, the three strike rule, and yeah, you're out. I'm out, um, exactly. Like I say, you're a dangerous thinker. You're well, not allowed to have such dangerous thoughts, Joe. Well, it's, it's, I mean, not, how I could you? Really, I wasn't having a dangerous. I mean, the guy. No, I'm Joe. I'm being. I'm being sarcastic. I know, I know, but the guy is blatantly denying. I mean, okay, you know what happened in '74 happened in '74, right? Mm. Now, the United Nations, for, to their wisdom, sort of says that Turkey's Republic of Cyber is not recognised, and only Turkey that recognises us. Now, here's the problem. And I did mm. mention it to him. Now, the island is, is divided. So if we're not a recognised state, why are they having unification talks? Why are they having to try to, try to sort out a deal between mm. North and South, involving the British, involving the Greeks, involving the Turkish mm. people, right? So if we're not a recognised state, why are they sitting down? Well, at the moment, Erdogan actually sort of said to the Greeks, right? You don't want to negotiate, we're not going to deal with you anymore, right? Because the Greeks have been obstinate in this matter as well. And yeah. and there's a, there's a lot of reasons for that, which I'll explain, uh, but not until this program is quite long and winded. Mm. So if, we, if we're not wrecking our state, so why are they trying to negotiate with us? Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I mean, obviously, you've d refuted his, um, his position using logic... Oh, exactly. um, and intelligence, Joe, and you know yeah. that these um, liberals cannot cope with that, and when they do, they resort to name calling. I know yeah. you called him a, a, a KUNT, but I wouldn't worry about that. But also, that, yeah. if if the UN is making rules around who belongs to who, also, the UN doesn't recognise that China is an independent state. The UN basically says that. Um, Taiwan is owned by China. Um, so, you know, the UN is essentially an oligarchy of all the top nations that all pay into it. And, you know, it's just one of these corporatist friendly elites ruling, ruling bodies. And today's show, um, you know, on a much more local level and on a level that we can comment on, um, mm. Salon, Salonomics, talking yeah. about hair industry is we are going through a very similar thing with the sycophantic governing professional bodies in our right. industry, which are all congratulating themselves for joining a bureaucratic quango. And there they all are on social media, all celebrating. I mean, Joe, can you, do you, do you think hairdressers and barbers want to hear right now is a bunch of professional bodies all congratulating themselves about how they've succeeded in allowing us to join another bureaucratic group. Well, I mean, we talked about it sort of day, right? 
But what I can't understand, and we, 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 have to, we actually asked a question to these people directly, and they have not come back to us with a reasonable answer no. to, to their um, celebrations. Because at the end of the day, the average hairdresser, the beautician, the manicurist, they don't care about what sector we're in. All they care about is if they can work, yeah. if, why they pay VAT, yeah. and, and also the, the, the well-being of um, the environment. Yeah, yeah. I, sure. I, I, Why are they sort of celebrating about this sort of personal care sector? When really, at the end of the day, it doesn't resolve any issues in this pandemic. No. Really. Well, I mean, are any issues kind of going forward? Um, yeah. I mean, we did discuss very briefly the other day that being part of the BEIS sector or being looked after by this certain... I mean, this is what they're celebrating. They're celebrating being taken out of pers personal care or something and putting into another bucket called the BEIS. Anyway, I did a little bit of research, as, as you know I do. Um, just before Christmas, I applied for a Green Home Energy Grant. Um, and essentially, this is another one of these uh, quangos which all get together and go, yeah, you know what, uh, solar panels and all that aren't economically viable, um, but because we've signed up to all these bureaucratic agreements with the UN and, you know, the WEF and the IMF and all these, you know, um, global bodies uh, about climate change, um, whether this is to do with the, the, the Paris Climate Accord as well, it's something else. We are basically printing up money um, in order to pay for residents who have their own homes to improve their house um, by adding, you know, solar panels and double glazing and all that. So essentially, um, taxpayers' money is subsidising all of these economically unviable businesses. And guess who's behind this? The B E. I-S. Yeah. That's why it was formed. Because this BEIS is a new department. I think, yeah. what, 2008? Well, it's or... a sustainability yeah. um, enterprise. You know, so, uh, and as we find with all of these things that are so-called sustainable, what they do long-term is create a barrier of entry for new people to come into the space. And this is why, as, a, as, a, as an industry, and I, I hate using the word industry because I was thinking about this the other day. Everyone that calls itself an industry are not at the grassroots. They're not the foot soldiers that are actually in salons doing the work. These are people, product companies and professional bodies. They're the industry. Yeah. You know, the hair, we're, we're, I'm just a hairdresser. Yeah. Like you, you're just a hairdresser. A makeup artist is a makeup artist. They don't consider themselves part of the beauty industry. Do you know what I mean? Um, anyway, um, I digress. Um, so, so this, so these barriers of entry. Can you imagine um, going forwards if you wanted to open your your own salon? All of the levels of ec um, the. Uh, the green, the, well, the green aspects, you know, yeah. the carbon neutral, the, sorry, in order to open your salon to our required standards, you're going to need a £250,000 whatever, you know, um, water efficiency machine, solar but, panel. Do you know what I mean? So well, it's just going to make new salons opening a lot harder. 
Of course. And of can... course, we need as an industry to constantly have a new, um, a new influx of talent of creatives into the industry every decade, every generation, because that's what keeps our industry interesting. Exactly. We, we talked about some time ago, right? About space, right? Yeah. Um, and how much it costs per square foot, and this and that. Now, to, to actually open a startup, you have to go for the council first, right? You know, you put your, uh, you, 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 you find a unit, it's got usage, and you apply for uh, the rates and things like that. Now, the BIS will set the laws, right? The yeah. councils will have to follow it. So again, you know, you've got to go through so many um, layers before you actually get to up the salon. Now, mm-hmm. would, like you 100% right yourself say, would someone be bothered to actually up the salon in the coming no. future? They'll be off the grid, Joe. They'll be it self-employed, is- off the grid, and once again... And, and we will, well, we, you know, we'll be considered non-essential um, well, because well, people well, won't be able to afford to enter the space. Well, but again, let, let's let's talk about the professional bodies, the government bodies. Now, their role, right, is to protect their uh, members. Yes. Which is the present salon owners, profession, present uh, beauticians, etc. Et yeah. Now, we just sort of said it. The future doesn't look too good for entrepreneurial enterprises. So, their positions are quite secure, aren't they? If you think That's about right. it, they're bigger, yeah. right? Because they're going to put well, all they're these... getting away, aren't they? I mean, and 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 I'll I'll always go back to this. You know, these people that are congratulating each other probably haven't missed a paycheck since the whole pandemic started. You know, because I saw PRs talking about it. PRs are still going to get paid. They can all work from yeah. home. There's yeah. this new term. I don't know if you've heard it. It's um zoom privilege and zoom privilege is essentially every single person that is able to work from home via zoom and there's a new class of people now that have this zoom privilege um, because obviously you and i we can't cut hair um, via zoom Um, and unfortunately there's many many key workers out there that can't survive by staying at home with a Zoom, Zoom, you know, Zoom call. So, yeah. Can I, can I, like, can I ask, I'm talking about yeah. Zoom, right? Can you yeah. teach on Zoom? Can you teach a haircut to an apprentice on Zoom? No. And I'll because, tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because, um, I, and don't get, don't, don't get me wrong on this. You can teach certain aspects, but... If you teach someone via Zoom, it's going to be very difficult for you to have a 360 degree view of what that person is doing. So therefore, if they are not executing a hair cut correctly and it's longer one side than the other, it's because the coach can't say, ah, you're standing in the wrong position or the angle of that finger to the scissor isn't correct. So it's merely you might be able to teach certain principles via zoom via screen but you can't actually coach somebody because you need to be there to to correct them you know visually and yes. physically so i mean before i got um my suspended on my yeah camera, yeah go on then. I, I saw all these postings from these sort of like educators right about online training right i, I haven't commented on it or anything like that but i'm thinking how can you teach 
an aspiring junior or apprentice or a, a, a hairdresser mm. on a dummy. That's the thing that I never got right. I, in all my training as an apprentice, I never trained on a dummy. Never mm. taught. Well, well I, dev- I never liked the texture of it for a start, you know, touching nine on hair or whatever. And, and, yeah. and, and it's wobbly, you know. When, when you do yeah. it, when you do the right, you, you move, you, you know, you place a the neck, then the client stays the next day. I, I never yeah. got to the understanding. I, I know you did something with um, Lee Stafford. And I, I came to it once or twice. Yeah, the skin doesn't flex. I mean, from no. a technical point of view, the skin doesn't flex. The hair's not going to sit the same. And, and, and also, uh, from the comfort of the client, you know, if you're the, put, tugging that hair really hard, you're not going to get feedback from, from Dolly, are you? Well, well, forget that, right? But, like, what's the, <laughs> what's the okay. most important haircut? What, what's the most, when you're doing a haircut, right, what yeah. is the most important haircut? What do you mean? What your your found uh, what a foundation your, your, level? The yeah, first your, one to le- yeah, well, baseline, one length. Your baseline. Yeah, your baseline. A one length haircut. Your, is the most well, it important. doesn't. If it's if it's uh, graduated one level, your baseline is your first haircut, right? The first yeah. section you cut is your. You cut baseline. the base in. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. How can you do that on a dummy? And, and really sort of say, it's good. It, it, yeah, I mean, it's not ideal. I mean, but obviously in the context of learning via a video call and not using a dummy, you know, there's obviously levels. Of course, you want to be playing just like penalty shootouts, right, in football. You know, of course you want to practice your penalty shootouts in front of 60,000 people when it actually means something. But you can't. You have to do it in training. And I think with blockheads, it's the same. Not you, can really. only, you can only teach to a certain level, but, yeah. you know, the real thing will always be different. Well, can, 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 I mean, we both play golf, right? Mm. And, and you know, you, you, you've got a level of golf which, you know, I aspire to, and, and I've got a level of golf which I'm oh, trying so to kind. improve on, <laughs> right? That's and, so kind. And um, I remember when I was having... When I first started taking up golf, right, I was going to um, Finchley Golf Club. Mm. And the the pro there, I, I just wanted to get onto the golf course as quick as possible. So he gave me a swing to mm. get me on the golf course as quick as possible, right? Sure. And then he goes, all right, you know, at this after a couple of lessons, he goes, okay, go to the driving range and go to the golf course, which is I did. And, and and play with my brothers after about three months, I went to go this particular golf course in uh, Moor Park, right? Around mm. there. It's a nice, nice, lovely golf course. Because when you're not a member of a golf course, right, and um, and I didn't have a particular handicap, I was going to the very swanky golf courses, you know, because I could I could afford <laughs> to play, I could afford to pay and play type of thing. I know you you cut a few golf course owners' hair. I do remember yeah. you um, but, you taking you accepting your tips in rounds it, of golf, free exactly. rounds of golf, which exactly. is genius, by the exactly. way. Exactly. More and, people uh, should use the bar system in my exactly. opinion. Exactly, and. Um, I couldn't hit the golf ball to save my life. <laughs> you know, I went through 18 holes and not once did the ball go over six inches in height. <laughs> Seriously. You know, you know what the problem is. I, I can already, I already know what you, you were trying too hard. Well, there's a lot of reasons, right? You know, you lifted your head up early, you're, you're, yeah. you're not moving. There's, there's, I mean, as you yeah. know, in golf, there's trying too hard. There's three, there's three movers to a swing. You know, right in golf. Yeah. 
Now, you, you're learning all these principles at the bar. Hey, welcome back to Golfonomics, everyone. <laughs> yes, sorry. Your number one podcast for learning golf swings. Anyway, so I was talking to a client of mine, hmm. and she, she recommended me uh, the Nashby School of Golf, right next to Harrods. Hmm. And this is where Sean Connery learned to play golf for his film, The Goldfinger. Right. Sean Connery, rest in peace. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so Does that like, happen every time you mention uh, Sean Connery? <laughs> no. An alarm go off on your phone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I just got a notification. Um, anyway, so I've got to Steve. Steve, my hero. And after, uh, he said to me, right, you know, from now on, he says to me, you're not to play or hit the golf ball again until I tell you so. Right. Okay. So, yeah. okay. Now, when you pay for people, you have to listen to them. Right? Yeah. So, so for, I was going there twice a week, twice a week, and all I was doing was half a swing, half a swing. And I said to him, Steve, can I, can I go to the driving range? He goes, no, because you've got bad habits. If you've got bad yeah. habits and you're yes. practicing bad habits, you only encourage more bad habits. That's right, correct. And that's the and that's the point I'm trying to get. Yeah, that's the problem with teaching via Zoom. You can promote good habits, but you're not there to stop the bad habits habits forming because there's no interaction really. It, it, well, the, the thing is, it's the physical interaction. It's, I mean. Exactly, it's a physical. Yeah. To, to teach hairdressing needs to be physical, right? And all of a sudden, right, everyone's trying to learn a new new method of online teaching. Mm. So they've got bad habits. They're not experts. Yeah. yeah. Really. So, anyway. So what are you saying? What are you saying? Long term for the industry, Long term, this year is a write-off. It, it is a write-off. I, I personally speaking, I, I would not encourage anyone online training. I, don't even, I, I wouldn't even go there. Mm. Basically. Yeah, no, it's interesting you say that. I mean, essentially, we are a practical industry. Exactly. And, you know, this is the problem with a lot of the qualifications. You know, the first the first lot of teaching, and I, and I had this thought when I was speaking to someone in the industry, um, the first six months is theory. And look at the people typically that come into the hairdressing industry. They're generally creatives. They're, they're left brains, right? Mm. And they don't necessarily like the academia because, or they're not very good at the academia no. part of the part of the you know part of the subject. And what's their first six months? Oh, in a classroom doing theory. Well, it's it, like get a, get a comb in their hand, get a pair of scissors in their yes. hand, just build up that muscle memory of holding a comb and scissors. So all you got to do, you know, don't go into books. Uh, don't learn about the science and the 70, 78 layers, um, you know, to do with a hair follicle. And do you know what I mean? The growth yes. patterns. It's kind of irrelevant at this stage. And this You've is the got to get. Yeah, go on. And this is a problem with the, our professional governing bodies. Yeah, you know, it's run by academics. Yeah, and they're celebrating something. That is academic. That is purely not mm. incremental to our industry it really doesn't make any difference you know which is yeah. going back to the original um, point you were making what they're celebrating about mm. it, it just doesn't make sense to, to mm. me really. well i just think it's bad pr isn't it it's it really completely is. it's complete unawareness of what's actually happening in the industry and unfortunately when you surround yourself with these sycophants um you know what do you expect you know you've got to get out there in the 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 big bad world of, you know, Facebook groups, 
you've got to see what's going on because you know the only way we can unify our industry is through everybody's success and at the moment there's a lot of resentment between those foot soldiers like I say those at the grassroots those that actually do the job of cutting hair and servicing clients and the 90% of people in our industry that are all bureaucrats because there is a definite resentment there it's been building for years and you know you can name them I named them all the other day they all know they are they are you know they're 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 they're, you know pen pushers they're pen pushers Joe and 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 they all seem to believe that they have the right to tell us what's best for us and no one as as far as I see um that are on our side of the fence thinks that they should have the right to impose what they want onto the rest of the industry because our industry isn't asking for the stuff that they're asking for. No, they're, they're, they're only looking after themselves, Aaron. They're no. only looking after themselves. And, and I can go down a whole list of why it's all about me, 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 me. Okay. Go on then. Well, let's put it this way. What have they done in the last 40 years? I've been in the hairdresser since 76. Well, I started since 76. Mm-hmm. I can't recall one good thing they've done in the industry since then. Okay, what they've done last week about moving a sector from retail to personal care is an mm. achievement that I accept. But I cannot recall one thing they've ever done in, in that time. Right? Mm. They've done away with the apprenticeship and brought the MBQ. So mm. basically speaking, they lowered the standard of hairdressing. Mm. Okay, They haven't improved it. They created more quangos, they created more jobs for, for non- administrators, yeah. For, for administration, administrators. and and really not in a creative world, they actually dumbed down the industry. Mm. Right. Uh, I mean, is it? Have they dumbed down the industry, they or have. or they as just like I said, like we've got to find a new term for this industry thing because I, I look at industry as being all the people that don't do hair right. and beauty. Um, you know, I'd rather use the term foot soldiers or whatever. Well, no, you can't, you can't say that. Well, I mean, why, you know, whatever. You can't, it, it, it's not, I mean, foot soldiers, no. It, well, it, I don't know. Well, all right, well, you know. It, um, because every hairdresser is individual. Every hairdresser is individual. No, that's right, that's right. No, but all right, the doers. You know, I, yeah, I, I see industry doers. as being the administrators and I see hairdressers as the other side of that. And, and, and I don't think it's a dumbing down. I just think it's a, an apathy. There's an apathy between busy hairdressers and people that are actually doing the work that they don't care well, about busy... any of these things that go on at that, you know, bureaucratic well, level until you... until yeah. it affects them in their pocket or, you know, affects them with their time because they've now got to fill in loads more forms, pay a lot more tax in order to pay for these these. Did you ever did changes. you ever join the NHF or the Professional hair and beauty. Did you, maybe, did you ever enroll yourself into one of these? Um, uh, no, I did. I mean, the only one I did was the hair and barber council, um, and it literally. Uh, I only did that to tr- get um, liability insurance. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, a cheap liability insurance. Um, so you know, I used it for its economic value to me. Well, actually, um, I, I I did join the NHF um, when I first opened my salon. Yeah. Right. 
then I kind of realised it's a lot of rubbish. I, I did away with the membership and I just... Well, I think, don't, don't you think something like that is useful for maybe a year or two? You yeah, know, with yeah. their you know, legal the beginning forms was... and policies and things like that. And then you can't justify the... I mean, how much does it cost, Joe? Well, it wasn't that expensive, right? But the, the worst thing, I mean, when, you know, when you open a business, right? Yeah. You need protection because you, you, you don't know certain things. You, you learn on your feet. And, and I thought, right, yeah. I, I needed a bit of protection, yeah. you know, legally, etc. So I, I did join them. And, you know, they send their handbooks out to you, you give to your staff and this and that. And, and you follow their set, their procedures when, when it comes to employment. And, you yeah. know, when it, when it comes to sort of dismissing, you have to go through, through certain procedures and things like that. And um, you know what, right? It doesn't stop people from still trying to sue you for unfair no. dismissal. You know that this is the thing of our industry is that you can you can see with your eye. Now, if I gave you a hundred clients, Aaron, right? Yeah. And only ten of them returned. I think you're a shit hairdresser. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If, right. And yeah. it within the three month period which is a probation period that was always the case i always gave some new staff free my probation period and um, and i was sort of gauging now to be honest with you a good employer with a good eye would know straight away that they've got a problem and unfortunately that was a case in in many occasions where um you, you see their potential is not really what you thought after the interview etc etc so yeah so you isn't this the problem with being a salon owner these days you know well, employees have so many more rights than they've ever had before well, that it is it. a bit of a minefield and you know you're literally one incident away from a full-blown mutiny of course right and again and you know you need exceptional leadership skills in order to run you know in order to prevent a, a, a ship from sinking Let's face it, you need to be a proper captain, right? Well, well you, you saw me you saw me with one of my employees that I had, mm-hmm. um, Diego. I mean <laughs> Yeah, Diego, if you're listening. Yeah, a disaster, <laughs> right? But you know, yeah. the unfortunate thing is, right, I because he came up with a with a most amazing reputation, um I rather lose him, I gave him a six month contract. Uh, which yeah. you know and we want we want to get rid of him straight away um after yeah. day one <laughs> but yeah, right. uh, wow. but but this is this is the thing like you know we talk about the the bis right they were they will set the laws and the count you know yeah. the, and the and the bosses would follow these laws right again the the labor laws which is fine that works in a in a factory or offices with tens of thousands of people mm. but the, the the nhf and the professional they did nothing protect the salon owner which is a small business right so they actually follow the guidelines of the government rather than fight the government's guidelines it's yeah on your behalf exactly. they're actually representing the government exactly right um, they never did yeah which is this is my problem with um the hair and barber council you know throughout this entire pandemic all they've been is been a government mouthpiece yeah, that's you it. know they like to insist that behind the scenes they're working really hard on behalf of their members. Nah, but the only message you get from them is the do this. Yeah, yeah the guidelines. The yeah. guidelines mean this, so do this. Um, so you know, if you want to spend your fifty quid a year to be on their register, or you know, 
if you want to take advantage of the resources that the NHF give you, you know, it's anywhere from 152 quid um, up to 300 pounds per year. And like I say, you know, as a new business, it might be useful for the first year, but there's no way you're going to keep on paying that recurring no. fee year in, year out as you build your experience in this industry. Um, so, yeah, like I say, I think these recurring fees for these bureaucratic organisations, I don't necessarily agree with them because, like you say, you know, they're all in it for themselves and I've not seen anything to convince me that they're not. Uh, can, you, can you tell me how many members have they got? Who? The NHF. Oh, NHBF I'm not sure. I could do a quick Google search. But, you know, well, at the, the end PhD. of the day, there's, yeah, there's 50 odd thousand salons in the UK, um, of which the last count, over 10% have closed forever, by the way. There is over 5,000 salon businesses. Well, that have well, we've we've, we've predicted that. There's going to be more yeah. anyway. So, you know, obviously, there's going to be a lot more of those yeah. probably coming yeah. through. Um, I think the Hair and Barber Council has about 10,000. Now, when, when you consider that half a million people work in this industry, how is that a fair representation of an industry? You know, 10,000 out of half a million. Um, and, you know, they believe that they have everybody's best interests at heart. Forget when all I, all, I, all I continually say is they tax us and they create more bureaucracy for us, more admin. Well, more form filling out. There's another thing about industry, which is the, mm. the, the, the best thing about industry that I, I loved, especially mm. the person that I, I was, was yeah. that it's a non-conformist industry. Yes. Right? Yeah, and, it's set up for independence, right? Yeah, it it's really set up is. for rule breaking, right? Exactly. So again, you've got the, these bodies try to conform you into their into a, a mm -hmm. mold you, you know this is how you're going to be you know you like this we protect you you know blah 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 i mean it's ridiculous I, I, all right well let's um let's move on from the continual professional <laughs> body bashing, bashing. <laughs> um so on a positive note do you think we are looking at Brexit in the right light. Do you think Brexit is overall positive for the UK or do you think Brexit will be um, a negative for the UK? I mean, let me give you some context. I've seen a couple of uh, reports this morning on your favourite platform in the world, the <laughs> fascisticlinkedin.com. And um, yes, yeah, so the, the story is essentially what somebody shared. I think it's written in uh, what, what's the newspaper it went in? This, this is quite interesting. I think you're going to like getting your teeth into this. Um, it's by the Evening Standard, and the headline is Hair Salons Face Brexit Chaos okay. as Beauty Supplies Tangled in Red Tape. Oh, now, so on brief, yeah, yeah, essentially, uh, on brief um, reading of the report, it's essentially about there's one salon who gets their hair colour from Italy and can't oh sorry from france organic hair color from france and they can't necessarily get hold of it as easily as they could before so so yeah um over to you Jonah. okay <laughs> now name me one salon that is open 
Well, there's that. Obviously, once again, you've destroyed the whole argument with logic and reason. So, should we move on to the next subject? Um, you well, know you're saying, not allowed to I mean, do that in podcasts, well, otherwise the, the podcast is going to be 30 seconds well, long every week. Well, no, but no, like, it, yeah, it's, just, it's just the reporting of it. It's just so... It, it's laughable. You, it you, is. You know, of course it is. It, chaos. Brexit well, chaos, chaos, Joe! And it's it, shouting it as I, well. I, the, evening, the, the evening standard is a London newspaper. Yes. Right? And most, yeah. about 99% of the people in London were Remainers. Yes. So how is it going to be in favour of Brexit? Well, right. there you go. I mean, the, this the once again, it's the media narrative, isn't it? Right. Um, and and go back to the original question, right, about Brexit. Anyway, uh, now I, I've got I've got um, I get a um, notification from the HM um, customs and all that lot, right? Yeah. Now every salon owner will be aware of what Brexit meant to them. Yeah. Right. Now, this person, this salon, hmm. hasn't really sort of like... Um, planned, made contingency. Right, plans. exactly. Planned for this. Yeah. More for them, because hmm. everything should have been in place by now. Because they Yeah, had, no, of course. They've had, what, four years? Four, four years. years to, and then, to, and one, to look at the pitfalls. You know, one year, since, since the whole agreement, anyway, one year till the, this, um, December 31st, right, mm. to get everything ready. So why this Evening Standard is printed this sort of laughable um, article about uh, a little salon in yeah, Peckham High Street, right, can't get an yeah. organic shampoo from... Uh, Listen, if that's the case, get a train or on a car and go and pick it up. <laughs> well, there is that. I mean, obviously, there's also the opportunity for a British business. Uh, and, if, yes. and if we all agree with the sentiment of shopping local, then there's an opportunity here for British businesses to start manufacturing and start creating this stuff again, isn't there? So, you know, I don't see this as being a negative thing at all, you know, this opportunity. But can I just comment as well? I, I, in the Evening Standard piece, um, there was a mention by um, another sector that has been affected by by brexit and guess who it was it was a general i'm not going to give him a name check but it's a general manager of a hair and beauty suppliers association so we've got comment coming direct from a bureaucrat from you know distributors hair and beauty distributors and guess how he described you know what's happened with brexit he described the extra bureaucracy through his members as horrendous and an absolute disaster. Joe Nemet, over to you. Why? Why? Why was it? Why is it? Why do you such language? Did he back well, it up? He, well, he backed it. He basically said sourcing the protective gloves needed to be worn when dyes are applied to hair has become a global problem because they're needed for PPE. So essentially, this is conflating but, COVID and Brexit in okay. the same report. Where does muscle rubber gloves come from? Uh, I don't know. China? Not a rubber glove expert. China? Probably. I would say there's a high probability that that's, that's true. It, it's more likely true, right? So why is why has Brexit got involved with that? Because that's a, exactly. It's, well, once again, it's it's lazy German journalism and it's bad reporting, isn't well, it? It's because, just bad, bad um, yeah. business as well, right? This sort of CEO highlighting a problem that really doesn't exist. Okay. Doesn't exist, yeah. You okay, know. So, so it's PR, isn't it? It's bad PR. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry I brought it up. No, but, no, no, you know, no, no, no. It, it's, it's good because I think people should understand that. Look, 
Brexit shouldn't mm. affect the industry that much. Okay, okay it, it mm. may affect some pricing. I, I mm. accept that with uh, L'Oreal, and, but, but then that's why there was an agreement done. Yeah, with, uh, the agreement yeah of goes, course. Right, because everything stays the same. Yeah. Here, here's, a, here's another bit. I've just got to add this in because I've just seen this on the same um, report in the so, Evening yeah. Standard. Uh, which, if you type in hair salons, Brexit, red tape, you can see the, you know, um, the ridiculousness of this report. So basically, this is a hair salon piece, and the one it's one salon that's had an issue. The second person is a distributor that sells into salons that's got an issue, and the third person is a guy that is the managing director of a VAT reclamation advisor said that they're now getting up to 200 calls a week from companies hit by the burden of bureaucracy that goes with selling into Europe. I'm sorry, but what hairdressing salon in the UK sells, sells stuff to, to Europe? Exactly. exactly. I, I can't think of one. So it's just a Brexit hit piece by yeah. the lovies at Evening Standard. Yeah. All right, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. So everyone ignore <laughs> that. Are, are, are you happy with that? I'm very happy with that. You know, like I say, I love it when you attack these things with logic and reason because it makes everybody's lives easier. Well, listen, look, as a hairdresser, right, we all, we all know, right, that most hairdressers rely on their local clients. Okay? Yeah. Now, all my years of working in, in, in central London, Mm. I, I never really had a client flew in from Paris, Rome, Berlin, Madrid. What, Lis just to see you for a haircut yeah. and then go again? Yeah, I haven't. No. New York, California, uh, Los Angeles, Dubai, Saudi, you know, all these cities, the Far East, yes. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yes. And why is that, Joe? Why do you think, what do you put that down? Why the, the French and French... I've read very lot to their French. I mean, look, look yeah. at their car industry. The French really buys French cars, right? Yeah. Italians, they're very good hairdressers, generally, course, aren't yeah. they, the French? The Italians are the same. The Spanish, yeah. they're, they're a lot more loyal. They're a lot more... Yeah. The Germans, not so much. I mean, I, I must have, I did get a few German clients and a few Danish clients, right? But generally mm. speaking, the French and the Italians and the Spanish, they are a lot more loyal to their... Um, to their... Um, Nation. Country men. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, hang on. No, I've um, gender. I've, I've used gender, yeah. gender positive language. Country person. Country, country people. Person. Country yes. person. Yeah, right. So, Brexit shouldn't really affect um, the, 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 the industry at all that much. Maybe a little bit. I mean, the pandemic is actually causing a lot more uh, the problems. Yeah. So they, they more grief than Brexit ever will. Yeah, but, yeah, because they, and sure. they can't put the two together. They really can't. Yeah. Well, like I say, it just smacks of misery, um, yeah. you know, and the constant um, promotion of fear, uncertainty and doubt over real news. Something we've banged on about for a while, you uh, know, our news is full of that. And it's all about future. You uh, know, it creates anxiety in everyone because they're constantly talking about someone's opinion of the future and they don't report facts from the past anymore. Can, can, I, can, I, say, can I play something? Uh, let, if, let me see if I can get on my... Uh, on, I, I recorded earlier on, right? So yeah. just bear with me. Just uh, This is what... Um, let me just... I, I hate this. Okay, one second. Okay, well, you, while you're figuring that out, I'll move on to the next look, bit. Well, go on then. Okay. Can you hear it? 
Uh, no, put it right into your mic. I know that you're afraid. Can you hear it? You're afraid of us. You're afraid yeah. of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world. Very good. Guess where's I mean, guess, guess that from? Go on then, hit me. The Matrix. End of Matrix. Wow. Interesting. Very right. good. Yeah. I mean, it, it is so apt with today's world, right? With, when it comes to reporting, the mm. social media, the, 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 the global elitism. Yeah. Well, like I say, I think like Brexit encourages, you know, Britain to become sustainable. Yeah. And, you know, just to circle it all together and kind of put it all back to where we was at the beginning, you know, the BEIS is supposedly the sustainability quango. And if we are genuinely looking to become a sustainable nation, then, yeah, we've got to start manufacturing our own stuff. We've got to be looking more local, shopping local, because everyone agrees with that shop local sentiment, don't they? Yes. Uh, look, everyone agrees with that. That's irrefutable. But apparently we, we should still be buying stuff from Europe and paying tariffs on it because, you know, it's Europe and they're our friends. Well, nah. Look at the wine the industry. Look at the wine yeah. industry, right? Yeah. There's a wine industry now in this country, okay? You yeah. know, I believe there's a, there's a vineyard in um, Mersey. All right? It's yeah. all wherever, wherever it's gone, right? So... But it's just the snobbery of the of these elites of the the, the Somaliers or these people like who could tell a, a Chardonnay to a Merlot or whatever. I mean, personally speaking, I'm not a wine drinker anyway, so I don't give a hoot about it. All right? And I would never go to a restaurant and spend 100 or 200 pounds on a bottle just to impress someone. Forget it, mate. You know what I mean? I'd rather drink water with my food. Well, like I say, um, that's spoken as a true man of the people and <laughs> not a liberal elitist at all, because unlike all the governing bodies, that they were all cracking open their bottles of champagne on the announcement that, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. their announcement was. Again, I've, I've yeah, you know, say, with, lost with interest. New, in with it. new technology, right? I mean, apparently they make cheeses. All the cheeses of the world are made in this country now. So, you know, this goes... Golas or whatever these cheeses are called, right? Gouda. Well, like yeah. Gouda. Yeah, these... Gola. Gola. I mean, they're, they're cheesy trainers. Right. <laughs> all right. So I can see why you can get Well, no, there, there's only no. one cheese that I love, right? And all the rest doesn't matter to me. I love um, Helim. That's, that's the only cheese I like. What cheese is that? Yeah, I've never hel- heard of that cheese. Well, the, you, would, you would know it's probably Helumi. Ah, well, yes. I'm yes, Turkish. No, I do, I do uh, enjoy her. Uh, I do enjoy her. I'm Turkish, so I know it's Helim. Right, gotcha. So, um, gotcha. Yeah. And I get it freshly made. You know, there's there's a place uh, that I go no to. Way. Yeah. You know, it, it's it, sitting in water, not in a packet. Go on, give him a shout out. Go on, give him a name check. What? Yasha Helens. Have you never been to Yasha Helens? I've never been to Yasha Helens. Oh. And next time, once lockdown's over, you can oh. take me direct. Yasha Helens is like heaven to me. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, so um, I'm looking forward to um, going to that Turkey. I I hope none of those Turkish places around you haven't shut down during this whole... They're they're busier than ever, mate. Are they? Well, they've all all pivoted to takeaways, no doubt. completely. I mean, there's... I must admit that there's this one guy, Turkish guy, right? He's he's got a Mm. fish and chip shop, right? Mm. He doesn't understand the delivery service yet. <laughs> That's his only problem. Right. You know what I mean? Because gotcha. he, he doesn't want to work too hard. Yeah. You know, because obviously when really you get a delivery service, you have to have more staff, more everything. He, he just likes to do one or two fishes, do one or two packets a day, and, and he's quite happy. But then sure. when I go and get my fish and chips from him, he complains. I say, Go online, do delivery. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. This is in Turkey, so you can imagine right, gotcha. the, the, the expressions that we all make, right? So, Well, that's a really good point that you make there, and I want to bring it back to hairdressing again because this is my point behind why we created Go Salon. It was because hairdressers are far too busy to have to deal with the onboarding process, to have to deal with you know, this new way of working. So Go Salon essentially is there to do all that for them um do you know what i mean yeah. and, and it's the same with this guy you know it's why just eat kind of took off because just eat basically went oh you're a restaurant do you want to do takeaway too they're like no we've got no time for takeaway you're like well you're missing a trick because i'm sure there's lots of people out there w- that would want to do takeaway and essentially just eat just came along and basically made it super simple for everyone to basically join uh, and that's really my goal at, at Go Salon. You know, I want it to solve the problem of why salons aren't selling retail products anymore. So, so and had, I think I've I think I've solved that problem. I mean, with Go Salon. I mean, you have. I mean, look, Just Eat delivery Ubers was all around before COVID, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, they're all technical innovations. They're right. all software companies. So, but since COVID, they really went sky high. Right? Yeah, so, they've. Oh yeah, totally. So it, what? Yeah, do you those. Think? Yeah. So what do you think Go Salon would need to get to where you want to get to? Just awareness, I think, at the moment, mate. Just people that know that there is a better way. Um, you know, but, I pride myself on creating value for people in the industry um, at the grassroots level. Let me make that perfectly clear. Um, creating value for them. Um, and what I, how I look at Go Salon, I look at it um, as an asset. Because there's zero upfront cost. Um, if you use it, great. You make money from it. If you don't use it, it doesn't cost you anything. I, I really hope that I've exploded the paradigm of how things were bought and you know bought yeah. and trade was done beforehand. Um, I've you know go sound. Could, could you use the sort of like the just beat? the Uber is the delivers case studies to get your um, go salon to the to hairdressers because because you're talking about hairdressers yeah salon owners, well, yeah no I understand what you're saying yeah so basically just eat solved the problem of the restaurant did sit down eating didn't do takeaway anymore yeah so just eat essentially gave them a new revenue stream to people they weren't reaching which is the takeaway model I am essential. It's similar, but not exactly the same because obviously we're talking two different things. We're talking, you know, hair products, which obviously isn't a daily thing. It's a virtual um, shelf. It's a virtual shelf, isn't it? It's a virtual shelf, but let me let me explain it in layman's terms. Essentially, Go Salon makes it easy for you to sell to your customers and for your customers to buy from you. Yeah. Convenience converts, and the added bonuses 
when you sell these products to your customers, they're not paying the inflated salon price. They are paying the internet price for the products that you recommend to them. Yeah. So essentially, I am enabling hairdressers to sell more retail to their already existing customers. No, That's but all then, I'm doing. But then the delivery aspects, right? Because the you... delivery aspect isn't, take, isn't undertaken by the salon. That is undertaken by the manufacturer. Manufacturer. Yes. So, so the salon doesn't have to buy hundreds of products in. It's like they, a food... they, yeah, it's, it's essentially, it's like an affiliate yeah. system. But essentially, you are connecting your client with a buyer of that product. Because at the end of the day, your client is in your chair for your expertise with your hands. So why wouldn't they have your expert knowledge when it comes to what they need for their hair. I agree. And, and that, 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 there's two questions that, that, that I want to put to you. Well, not two, yeah, two points, on. right? One is, I understand that a client of the future will go into his hairdresser salon yeah. with, with no cash, right? Because yes. everything's going to be prepaid, right? Yes. So they can go in and walk out, okay? And and then they can buy something. Yes. And, and then wait for a delivery. Now, this is the important thing. They might accept one day. They won't accept two days or three days delivery. Because we we're talking about high frequency trading these days, right? Sure. So uh, yeah, I'm not sure I'm not so sure on that. I mean, if you put if you role play it, let's say your client's in your chair and they're, but they're having their hair done before they go out for a birthday party. The last thing they're gonna to want to do is take two gallons of shampoo no, and conditioner I, with I them agree with to you. the to the you know to the restaurant. Uh, exactly. So this so what Go Salon, what I what I love about Go Salon is it's not eliminating any sales. It's merely giving more opportunity for you to make sales yes. in these contexts. And they can have so, it delivered, they can get a box And delivered. they can have it delivered to their home. Right. Like I say, I'm not saying, oh, because they're buying from through Go Salon, they're not gonna buy from you. Of course, if they need that product there and then, they'll grab it off you there and then. No, I accept What I'm that. saying is 90% of customers that sit in your chair don't buy from you because you're charging twice yeah. the price of the internet. Yeah. So if you want to get yourself in that transaction again, in between you and your client buying a product, because if they're not buying a hair product from you, that means they're buying a hair product from somebody else and someone else is profiting from your work, which is the and, which is the, um, the Amazon's or whatever. No, well, whoever, eBay, Tesco's, yeah. you know, whoever, whatever high street supermarket or chemist they normally buy their stuff from. So at the end of the day, I think that's unacceptable for somebody else to be profiting from your work. If I can create value for the customer, value for the salon, and value so everywhere in the chain. Yeah. You know, because the product company are hardly going to moan because you, they're still selling the product. That's right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. how I see it, Go Salon is a win, win, win. Simple it, as that. It's it's uh, it's like a buyer's club, isn't it? Um, buyers, maybe. I I think it's very hard. It's very hard to conceptualize it. You know, you've got to go to our YouTube channel, Go Salon, to really see the convenience and how fast Go Salon is. You can scan to ship from the comfort of your chair in 10 seconds. Right, and, and if someone's looking for a specific product, it's all there. It's all there. It's all there. It's all on their handset. You know, if they had, had the um, Go Salon app 
that obviously is linked to their favourite hairdresser or their favourite makeup artist, then it's there on their phone. The, the, you know, sad, just, the sad thing is, Ira, if I had a business, yeah. or I would, yeah. I, would, I, would, I would actually use it and I would test it and I would, I would actually break it down and, and, and put it into... I would love for someone to do that. I would love to, for someone to break it down and say, oh, this could be improved because yeah. I can't improve the service. Until you get to, Until, until get I get negative feedback yeah, or, right. you know, right. or essentially people... I mean, I've got, I've got 35 salons that are all waiting to get onto the network at the moment. And of course, there's no shops open. No, there's no, no salons no, open. No, 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 so... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so unfortunately at the moment, I'm working hard in the background to improve as much of it as I can and to make it as sleek and as streamlined as possible. But like I say, convenience Do you, do you, do you know converts. any freelance hair, a mobile hairdresser? Do you know the only one? That, yeah, like, I know loads of mobile hairdressers. But, I mean, yeah. but just give it to one. I, give it to, I think about, you need about three months, actually, or to, to make it... Or on a, on a to sort of see how it works. Oh, listen, I've got salons that are using it, and they've made money using it throughout lockdown. Have they? They've made money, yeah, um, for very very little work. It's a case of sharing links with their customers. You know, sharing links. Go salon, I've got no inter what's interest. Big, what's in... the biggest um, expense expense at one in one given time? What? Who, who's? What do you mean? What? Which which salon? How much how much have they sort of sold in one in one day? Well, in the last quarter, one of my salons has done £1,200 worth of retail sales. No, that's just doing nothing. Yeah. Do it well, pretty much, you know, scanning, them, uh, customers scanning, them sharing links via their Facebook messages or via WhatsApp because the customer, obviously, during lockdown, is getting in touch saying, Hi, um, yeah, what do I need for my hair? It's getting really. And they're just saying, Oh, I'll just share this link with you. And they share a link. The customer then clicks that link and it's bought. No, it's a no-brainer then, really, isn't it? It is a no-brainer. Um, like I say, I am focused on just creating value for the people that are on the Go Salon platform. You're a man of the people, Aaron. You well, just... that makes two of us, Joe. Man. It takes one a to know one. A man of the people. It well, takes that's... one to know one. Well, anyway, look, we're nearly an hour in, mate, yeah, so right. we've got to um, crack on. Um, so what is happening in your world i suppose you're going to be groveling to the linkedin um elitists no, 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 for no, no. Actually, you're going to be asking their permission and you're going to be no, apologizing profusely no no i actually saw uh, set them in the set them an email saying that uh, i want my account deleted and all my data returned to me or destroyed because i don't want to use my data whatsoever i, I wow. cannot uh in sort of like bear myself to sort of grovel to, to to work on a platform where freedom of speech is limited, mm. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it's been law. It's been stated in law, right? A freedom of speech also means the freedom to offend. That's well. I mean, you can't speak unless you take that chance. So, of offending right, somebody. exactly. So it's up to It's an inalienable right, which was a term I learned the other day. Inalienable right, exactly. So inalienable it, right. That's so right. if if this social media p uh, platforms right. Are policing, then they're above the law. Mm. Okay, and I cannot. Well, look, they that. censored. They censored President Donald Trump, mate. So you're in high company, right? So I cannot. I can't endorse it. I really can't endorse it. And I, but I, it do people to actually sort of 
bit, bit of sad because a lot of people's already moving away from WhatsApp already, right? Because come that's second, right, yeah. Telegram has gone for exploded yeah, so through it, the exactly, roof. right? So I've got a channel on Telegram if anyone's interested. Yeah, same here. Have you got a channel? Well, I'm on Telegram. So again, yeah. right? So social. Well, I've got media. a couple. I've got a couple of channels on there, so people can communicate with us through uh, Telegram. I think we've, there's even a Joe and Aaron one on there that we set up a little while, like a couple of years ago. Well, so. Telegram is the brief. I believe so. Yeah, I believe okay. so. But um, but anyway, so so so, you're yeah. not you you're going to be quite quiet this week then, mate. Oh, on LinkedIn, I think so. I think yeah. so. Fair yeah. enough. Um, well, what am I doing? Um, Emma's got a second tutorial going up on YouTube. I'm helping her do a bit of digital work with regards to her makeup tutorials. Actually, last week's one was really well received. It was really, Brilliant. really good. Brilliant. So hopefully we can build um, a little platform there. Um, she was a bit nervous, wasn't she, about that? Yeah, really? yeah. She's very nervous about doing new things. Like most people are, you know. Um, change brings opportunity, as they say. And, um, and, you know, don't embrace it. Right, embrace I agree, change. I agree with you. So, yeah, reach out to us, usual channels. I mean, Salonomics. I, I'd like to get some Facebook. feedback on, like, on. I don't. Yeah, feedback on where Joe should go next. Um, <laughs> maybe you should try one. Mastodon. That's a good try one, Mastodon. Right? Mastodon's a really good social yeah. network. Yeah. It reminds me of the olden, the golden days of Twitter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, anyone that wants to reach out to us about any of that, if not, if um, you're intrigued by GoSalon, then gosalon.uk. Sign up through the link that will create a, a series of emails that you um, have to deal with and in it's order all to free. get the platability. Exactly. And it doesn't eat your data too. <laughs> no, we don't care about your data. Data schmata. I said that. I, you know what? It's a good point. I said this to somebody else because somebody else was worried about. Oh, are you harvesting our data? And I'm like, why would we even bother? We're, yeah. You're making money. We're making money. Why do we need to harvest data to try and make more money? All the free websites like Facebook and Instagram, they and harvest LinkedIn, your data. And LinkedIn. <laughs> and LinkedIn. They harvest your data because it's free for, free for them to join. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a free... And when something's free, you are the product. That's right. Simple as that. But Go Salon flies in the face of all that. Go Salon's free, but unless you use it, unless you make sales... You yeah. know, we don't make any money. Uh, you know what? It's always a first sell. What it, it, the hardest? What once yeah. someone once they get that first sell in, then that's it, really. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and that's what people have to sort of understand, really. Before, this is the before, new before way of retail. Yeah. yeah, it's a new way. It's this is yeah. the future way of retail. And the yeah. future way of retail is all about convenience. Amazon never got to where they are today because it was difficult to use. They made everything super simple. They got stuff to you as fast as physically possible. And their, 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 you know, the pricing system is very, very Aaron uh, Dorn, competitive. The, the so. next Jeff Bezos. Well, Aaron Dorn, the, hair, the Jeff Bezos, the hairdressing industry. Oh Brilliant. God, no! Good luck stop, on that, man. Stop, no, I wish you best. Stop. I wish you best. I know you worked very hard on it. You really have. Like I yeah, said, it's taken I, two years to become an. I wish I could help you because I've been retired five years. Like I said, I really couldn't mm. um, sort of like help you out with it. You do help me, Joe. You help me every day. So <laughs> good don't diminish your responsibility in this whole this whole network. But yeah, no. Um, good to speak to you, Joe. We got oh, to go because I think we're over an hour in. Yeah, so I've, I've got, say, to I've got two dogs looking at me editing. thinking. Hey, it's time for our walk. 
yeah. yeah. All right then, mate. All right. Well, you take care. You See you later, everyone. Thanks Thank for you. listening. Go salon.uk or salonomics into Google. You'll find us. See you soon. Bye. Adios, mofo.